Seltzer Kings Podcasts. Hey, are you into werewolves, mad sciences, and a little bit of witchcraft? Then stay tuned for an all-new episode of Watch Corner. We're riding this train straight into the sun. Woo! Tune in to a classic episode of Watts Corner on the Seltzer Kings Network. Available on all podcast platforms. Oh, oh, oh no, Gavin, we are definitely going to get some flack tonight. So, uh, you know, you should probably not answer any emails or check the Twitter feed for like, I don't know, a month. Whew. The following podcast contains shit, piss, sucker, motherfucker, and tits. Explicit language. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question. When you invited the dead over for dinner and didn't consider even asking if they might have allergies to the flesh of the living, what the hell were you thinking? I'm your host, Dave Bledsoe, and this is a Friday, November 1st, 2019, Dia de Gringos edition of the show, where we celebrate Dia de Muertos the white people way by getting drunk and making a fool out of ourselves. Stay tuned. The What the Hell Were You Thinking podcast is brought to you by Revenant.com. Are you a spirit on a mission but on a tight budget? Try Revenant.com. At Revenant, we can handle all the time-consuming and expensive details of reaching beyond the veil of death. No more showing up to wreak a horrible revenge on those who wronged you in life only to find they've picked up and moved after you died. Need help finding a host body to possess? Revenant.com is like the Airbnb of the afterlife. Having trouble with pesky mediums or troublesome priests? Revenant.com Bounce Back Guarantee provides you with exorcism insurance, and meaning you will be back tormenting the living within hours of your banishment. Revenant.com We make coming back to life the easy part of coming back from the dead. My name is Muerte. Don't you forget that. Can we go? My name is Muerte. Well, I'm pleased to meet you, Morty. My name is Jeff. This is a really bad idea, Morty. It's a very fortunate thing for you my wife wasn't here. What can I do you? Cram the mint. Come it up. Hey, I heard you had some trouble. Yeah, well, you should see the other guys. Fifteen guys with chains and dogs. Just to see what they look like, okay? Uh, <laughs> I mean, go on. Well, that ain't what I heard. I heard it was one guy <laughs> with a cute little tiny baby. <laughs> <laughs> Which one of them was that to you, Marty? Was it the guy? Or was it that cute little tiny baby? <laughs> I would love to tell you some probably fabricated story about my youth and experiences with death. But honestly, I was 30 years old before the first person close to me died and was my paternal grandfather. And I loved the man when I was a kid. He was always full of grandfather stuff like money slipped under the sly and surreptitious candy handoffs. But when he died, I really didn't think much about it. What kind of monster are you? 
Oh, you know, the kind that gets yanked up by his roots against his will and drug around the world, severing long-term ties to friends and familial relationships, and then forced to move every two years, keeping him from truly forming long-term intimacy with anyone outside of his nuclear family. I didn't understand. I'm really sorry. One of the things about the pre-internet world was how very much like dying, moving long distances were. It was different for adults. If you, if you wanted, you could keep in touch via letters and long-distance phone calls, and you could get them on your friends and family plan. Hi, I'm TK Crowley, and I'm one of MCI's new friends and family customers. Here's how it works. But as a kid, come on! You weren't going to write a letter, and your parents sure as hell wouldn't put you... They'd put you in the salt mines if they caught you making long-distance charges. So when you left, your friends, well, they were a... They were a... You're dead to me! I had to wait 30 years to find out the people <laughs> the people that I liked when I was in school were people I never wanted to speak to again anyway. Thanks, Facebook. So uh, I'm fucking lucky as shit when it comes to the Grim Reaper, I guess. My parents are both around and healthy. My sister is still drinking me under the table. And all my friends that I want to keep her around and doing great. So when it comes to Dia de Muertos or the Day of the Dead, things are pretty quiet around the old studio here. Sure, I get the occasional knock at the door by the spirit of a former occupant looking for a few words with someone else that, I don't know, maybe the manager of this podcast studio had knocked off on a drug deal gone wrong, but no one ever shows up to hash out their beef with Beyond the Grave for me. And it's also remotely possible I don't understand anything at all about the Day of the Dead. I mean, I'm no Patty Bug. Henderson Central Park is quiet now, but in just a few weeks, a Day of the Dead celebration will fill the park. However, City Commissioner Patty Bug says she's heard from many who are concerned about the event. 99% of the, of the Day of the Dead is probably totally innocent. I think that's fine. I think if you want to, you know, honor your loved ones and you want to have pictures and stuff, of course, of course that's all fine. I think the only challenge is if they actually try to summons somebody else you know a loved one from the grave then i think they're asking for some serious stuff i don't think as a christian i don't think you can do that motherfucking white people am i right needless to say patty bug that's not how it works that's not how any of this works Obviously, your relatives are not going to cross over from the grave in anything but a metaphorical sense. The dead do not literally walk on Dia de Muertos, nor is the holiday a purely Latinx affair. Halloween is, of course, modernization of All Saints Day, and Dia de Muertos is just a Christian veneer on pre-Columbian ceremonies in the same way. It's gotten popular here in the States for a couple of reasons. The first, of course, is the increasing Latinx populations over the past few decades. But I think even more to the point, it allows the spooky fun time of Halloween to be extended and keeps fucking Christmas at bay one more day. Because you know the second November 1st hits, it's holly fuck jolly all the goddamn time. Why are you so angry? Now, some people will say I'm engaging in cultural appropriations when I say things like that. And indeed... White people painting their faces like a calavera skull and drinking tequila until they puke is the very epitome of colonizer appropriation. To those people who say this, I offer this retort. You are the correcto. It is the absolute worst kind of white people shit. They could do it with sensitivity of respect for your culture and beliefs, but being white people, they will instead paint their faces and puke tequila. Which is uh, too bad. Because the actual Day of the Dead ceremonies are filled with life, humor, love, and remembrance. They shouldn't be boiled down to candy and spooks like Halloween is. But uh, 
As more and more white people come to the holiday, I think we all need to accept the inevitable truth. You know they will ruin it. Unless, unless we find a way to steer colonizing white people away from the traditional ceremonies and come up with some new traditions for the holiday that kind of sort of nod toward the original intent, but really makes it a chance for white people to, you know, ruin everything like they do. I know, white people. So this week, I'm going to toss out some ideas for my family of Communia Honko Familiaris Sapien to celebrate their ancestors without totally ripping off Dia de Muertos. I like to call it Dia de Gringos. Now, as white people, we have to begin by identifying our ancestors. White people fucking love genealogy, so long as it says what we want it to say. It's kind of like the modernized version of reincarnation or past life memories that ran around in the fucking 70s. You know, all the Hollywood woo-woo spiritual regression types back then were Marie fucking Antoinette in their past lives, and yet that's fundamentally impossible because, you know... Anger's not with me, sir, but with basic mathematics. There's not enough people to go around to all be fucking Marie Antoinette. You never run into someone who claims they are the reincarnation of Zeppo, the shit spreader fifth class, the lowest ranking peasant on the manor. And the same thing with genealogy. Somehow, an awful lot of fucking white people love to claim their ancestors came over on the Mayflower, and we know that can't be true because... You're gonna need a bigger boat. Or they can trace their family in a direct line back to George Washington, somehow neatly ignoring that George Washington may be the father of our country, but when it came to busting baby matters into Martha's wet, willing twat, old George was, uh... No sperm. Your killer's shooting blanks. So when it comes to White Day of the Dead, we probably gotta pick our ancestors pretty carefully. I mean, do I personally want to know that my ancestor was Custis Bledsoe, the best slave catcher in the South? No, sir, I do not accept your answer. And yet there are a lot of MAGA hats out there who'd be thrilled to find some shit like that out, except them fuckers are also carefully ignoring the blatant fact that their ancestor is named something like Pesto, and he showed up in this country in 1933, one step ahead of a prison sentence in the old country for sheep fucking. Who only has sex with farm animals. <laughs> not only, but mostly for Pesto. For simplicity, from this point forwards, all Americans wishing to celebrate Dia de Gringos will have the choice between Howard Zinn, John Wayne, and Mr. Rogers as their ancestors. I thought about using Bob Ross in there, but honestly, we didn't deserve Bob Ross when he was alive, and we damn sure don't deserve him when he's dead. Hello, I'm Bob Ross, and I'd like to welcome you. First of all, let me take just a moment to thank you for allowing me back into your homes. If this is your first time with us, let me extend a personal invitation for you to drag out your oil paints and paint along with us each week. Some of you are wondering, why does this have to be all men? Why are there not any women ancestors in here? But come on, this is for white people. Marketing research is clear that most white people are clearly uncomfortable with the idea of a woman president and a woman ancestor. What about your mom? You shut the fuck up about my mom, goddammit. No, clearly, we gotta stick with men if we want this holiday to take off property. Obviously, I've chosen John Wayne for that portion of the country that is uh, what we now describe as working class whites, which are actually upper middle class white people that don't like minorities. They're, uh, they get John Wayne. I'm gonna tell you something, Flacca, and I want you to listen tight. May sound like I'm talking about me, 
But I'm not. I'm talking about you. As a matter of fact, I'm talking about all people everywhere. That are, you know, like MAGA chuds. And it's going to appeal to their sense of rugged individualism as they don their MAGA hats and join in group chants to their orange bloated overlord. Now, Howard Zinn will be the ancestor of the East Coast college-educated elites who firmly believe in egalitarian ideals and cultural diversity as long as it doesn't involve their children being schooled with minorities. You're telling them you're going to go to a school that's not going to educate you in the same way you've been educated. Life sucks. Is that what the DOE wants to say? That is what the uh, DOE is saying, and it's not what Howard would agree with. It's just that... Every one of these rich, quote, woke, unquote, fucks has a copy of the People's History of the United States on their bookshelf they bought in college and never fucking read. Now, I would make some jokes about Fred Rogers, but I've learned the hard way that you're not allowed to make jokes about Mr. Rogers. You can jerk off in front of the unwilling women and still have a career in comedy, but God help you if you make one intimation that Mr. Rogers indoctrinated children from Mao's Little Red Book and mobs show up howling on the fucking studio for your blood. So if you choose Mr. Rogers as your ancestor, you have simply chosen goodness and decency, and in no way should his simple purity and niceness send a chill up your spine because no human being can possibly be that nice without hiding a very dark secret in that closet with his fucking sweaters and shoes. Get a rope! Bring him up! Now look, some white people might want a more traditional Day of the Dead where we honor our actual dead relatives, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with honoring Uncle Jimbo, whose famous last words, hold my beer and watch this, and become kind of a white people mantra in the 21st century. You should feel free to mix and match your dead, dumb relatives in with the official ancestors on the day as you see fit. After all, John Wayne may be famous, but even he never blew himself up with 300 pounds of pink-tinted tannerite while doing a gender reveal for his fifth bastard trying to light it with a book of paper matches. Fucking white people! Now, in the proper Day of the Dead, a family will make offerings on a small altar to the spirits of their loved ones that's called an ofrenda. In Dia de Guingros, we're no different. But our altars will be skewed towards the things we as white people identify with. I told you, the only dancing I like is square. Now, our John Wayne level gringos are going to want to put things on there like a pack of Marlboros, a Budweiser Tallboy, and a tin of potted meat on your Afrenda altar. The cigarettes represent the heart disease and the lung cancer that would inevitably cause your deaths. The Budweiser represents the crippling addictions destroying your living years. I mean, you could put some fentanyl tablets on the altar, but you don't want Cousin Vernon finding out you've got them and breaking into your trailer homes looking for the rest of them. And finally, the potted meat product is there to represent the fatty processed foods that lead to your inevitable diabetes. You know what? You are mean boys who are just being mean. I know. Our Howard Zinn level gringos will want to put a pumpkin spice latte, a black Amex card, and the latest version of the iPhone on their ofrenda. It's a waste of money, that's what it is. Of course it is, but it's you've got it to spare. 
Now, the pumpkin spice latte represents the artificial shit propped up by massive marketing budgets and social media hype so symbolic of white culture in America today. The black Amex card is for the massive wealth imbalance that so disproportionately favors white college-educated Americans. And, of course, the latest iPhone stands for the massive waste of our natural resources that goes into creating whatever new, slightly different version of the shit we already have to get us to infuse even more money into the corporate oligarchy. It's a good thing the dead don't really come back because Howard Zinn would fucking hate this offrenda. Oh, Howard's losing it. Finally, our Mr. Rogers-level gringos will simply place three chocolate chip cookies, a glass of ice-cold milk, and a vial of their blood on the offrenda. I don't like where this is going. The cookies represent the innocence of childhood, much like the offerings left to St. Nicholas on Christmas and the lie that he represents. The ice-cold milk the infusion of strength required for growing young bodies so that they might be strong and powerful. And finally, the vial of blood represents the unending life that Fred Rogers was desperately trying to obtain through the use of dark arts, leeching the life force of young children to feed his unholy thirst for immortality. You sick son of a bitch. I mean, that's all. That's all you want to believe, isn't it? But I'm here to tell you, he's not dead. Oh, no, he's only ascended. All of those years feeding on the youngs, leeching just a little bit of their life essence in a ritual so complex, so steeped in violence that Aleister Crowley himself forbade it from ever being performed. But you, you all know in your hearts what I'm saying is true. You know, you secretly suspected it all along, but you were too afraid to admit, well, I'm not, I'm not. When he was asking you to be his neighbor, he was asking you to give him a sliver of your soul, and you went and did it, didn't you? Willingly, and when you realize the bitter cost of that sliver, your eternity of undeath, you will look back on this minute and curse my name, and never once be able to curse the true monster, the entity that is keeping you from the bliss sleep of death to maintain his awful essence in this plane of existence i tried to warn you dave yeah calm down right sorry i'm sorry of course yes i'm wrong fred rogers was a wonderful man and not at all an undying monster from the plains of hell now now we're at the festival the actual festival dia de muertos it lasts for like four days as the local community celebrates the lives of those who's passed. It's a joyous affair with bright colors and music, and many of the attendees either dress as skeletons or La Katrinas, calling back to the Aztec goddess of death. Now, us gringos, we are far too busy to devote four days to a festival. We can't even fucking do two days for Thanksgiving anymore. I mean, I guess we we can because we bring in a bunch of working class folks, many of them of Latinx ancestry, to come in and work the fucking day of Thanksgiving so we can buy fucking cheap flat screen TVs because... Because it's all about family. So our Dia de Gris Gringos Festival will just be the one night. And just with our friend is, our festivals will mean different things to different kinds of gringos. Our John Wayne-level gringos are going to gather together and don the traditional white hoods and roads of the celebration, then light a cruciform-shaped bonfire on the lawn of a local Latinx family and sing Dia de Gringos songs like Another Brick in the Wall, which is not the Pink Floyd song, but an altogether different and frankly more disturbing song of the same name. Once the bonfire is over, they will head home, drink lots of Budweiser Tall Boys before someone or another either IDs on ODs on fentanyl or blows themselves up with a shitload of tanner. Right, they were saving for a gender reveal party. 
God bless America. Our Zen level gringos will naturally take a different direction. They will paint their faces with the traditional Calavera skulls from the Latinx tradition, which they will blithely ignore as being a little, as being little different from donning blackface, which is, of course, not something they would ever do, except for those times in college. Then they will get shit-faced on tequila while watching Speedy Gonzalez cartoons and dancing to La Bamba. After that, they will go home to their family and finally let their nanny, a lovely woman from Oaxaca, go home to her family. They will also forget to tip, which is not part of this festival, but just as kind of a standard part of being white. Gracias por nada, pendejo. And lastly, the Mr. Rogers-level gringos will simply don a red sweater, comfortable shoes, and spend their evenings in solemn appreciation and reverence for Fred and the myriad gifts he's given the world and not thinking the least about the eternity of torment in store for them. God damn it, Dave! Dave, how the fuck you expect me to get out of this shit? That's on you fuckers. I never watched the man. He creeped me out when I was a fucking kid. And there you have it. A totally culturally appropriate Day of the Dead celebration for white Americans. So enjoy your potted meats and Budweiser's. Stay away from whatever uncle brought the Tannerite. And enjoy this uniquely white American twist on a Latin American holiday without actually understanding or appreciating anything about it. You know, like how we do in America. I mean, who could possibly have a problem with that? Besides, I don't know, Patty Bug. And frankly, she strikes me as the kind of person that's just going to have a problem with anything remotely associated with brown people. But that, too, is very, very, very white American. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. That is it for our show this week. We have such a busy month last month, and it's just a little palate cleanser to wrap up spooky season and clear our heads before we head into, you know, that time of year. You know, the time when everything is about Christmas for the next two fucking months. Oh, God, kill me now. <laughs> Isn't that great? I hate this time of year. I do have some special announcements. We are embarking on a project here at the show in association with National Novel Writing Month. You know, the month when a bunch of people learn real fucking quick how hard it is to write a novel and then quit trying to write a novel around November 3rd. Well, I already know how hard it is to write a novel, and that's why not a single person will ever see the one that I wrote. And it will be shoved up my asshole when I'm cremated. It's in my will. Check it out. But... We will be participating in National Conspiracy Writing Month, where we conceive of, create, and create a conspiracy from scratch. Instead of publishing a manifesto, we will do an expose podcast about it. Maybe a series, depending on how much work I get done early in the month, or simply one big mega show at the end of the month. Who knows? I make this shit up as I go along. Speaking of making shit up, make some shit up about the show when you rate and review it wherever you find your podcast. It helps other people find the show and then make some shit up about their review and so on and so on and so on. It's like, you know, shampoo. Follow the show on Twitter, the hell underscore podcast with the show name on Facebook. Our Patreon, patreon.com slash what the hell podcast is full 
of exclusive content now. We did a lot for October in our spooky specials, but you can listen to them year-round because we believe in evergreen fucking content in at least one place on this show. So chip in a buck and check it out. Finally, drop around the whatthehellpodcast.com for some other content, including some bios of the people who make this show, some frequently asked questions, and... Uh, and uh, cool go-to size portions of the show suitable for sharing and or wrapping fish. So for me, Dave. Me, Cago, and two Madre. Bledsoe, producer. Helio de los Milputas. Gavin and all the fictional. Kate on Pez. On this show, we want to say, we tried to warn you about Mr. Roger, but you didn't want to listen. You didn't want to listen. You didn't want to listen. And now you're all going to have to pay. We'll see you all next week. for this, so I take a small bow. Seltzer Kings Podcasts.